Welcome into the very first edition of the Gigum 24-7 podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley. I'm joined by Brian Peroni. Brian, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, getting this started. I know fans have been asking for a while, so we got it going for them. Yeah, for sure. We had to bring them what they want. What they want. Um, we'll be coming to you guys on a weekly basis, touching on everything from Texas A&M football to recruiting to everything else going on. Uh, but we got to start with the um, with the football team, and they had their first scrimmage over the weekend. Um, some mixed results on the offensive side of the ball. A um, couple turnovers forced by by each of the three quarterbacks battling. What what were some of the biggest things that you kind of took away from from the scrimmage, and and how much do you take into account these these results? Well, I mean, you and I have been out there for multiple practices, and yeah, it's a it's a mash unit out there. I mean, uh, you know, when they run the uh, third team offense to start out practice, there's what a quarterback a running back and a tight end, and that's it. I mean, it's just, you know, they just need bodies. So it, it's going to be hard to really gauge where things stand at this point because, I mean, the offensive line is just, you know, sort of non-existent at this point. But, uh, you know, reports coming out, you know, we've talked to people. The defense uh, did well. You know, somebody's always going to win or lose a scrimmage. So that's always going to give people hope on one side of the ball and worry on the other since it's obviously the same team. But uh, the defense did well. Um, each of the quarterbacks had their uh, had their moments from what we've heard, but also had their struggles with uh, throwing interceptions. So then your question is, is the defense just outstanding or are the quarterbacks? Is it something to worry about? And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know. Probably a little bit of both. But, you know, this team should have the pieces going forward that, it shouldn't be too big of a concern, yeah. but you know, the real story I think is that there's a quarterback battle going on. There's still a, still a QB battle. Nobody's really taken that uh, step forward out in front of the other. So, um, and it doesn't sound like that was the case this weekend either. Yeah. I feel like this was just kind of the first, the first step and then kind of laying the groundwork. Um, you know, this, this is, this is kind of where you're starting and now you want to see, where you look in the second scrimmage, where you can close out the spring. I agree. You know, neither quarterback seems to have really separated themselves. Each had their moments um, and each had their struggles as well. And then, and that's kind of, you know, like we talked about they they, they're not playing with a, a full line right now. Um, there are certain guys that are, are sitting out the spring just with, with, with injuries and, and, and coming back from, from different things. So this it's far from a complete product. Um, but you know, there are, there are some things that, you know, that are encouraging so far to, to even see, you know, Evan Stewart running with the ones, um, just given, given the need for A&M to, to have more explosiveness at that position. I think that's, that's good news. And then they really, really need him to get up to speed and, and, and provide juice there. And, um, so I think that that is one notable thing to, to take away early on is just how it seems like he's. He's kind of fit in and, and got hit the ground running. I know for sure. I mean, you and I heard some feedback on a few of the, the true freshmen that had, had enrolled early, and he was one of them, you know, yeah. that, uh, you know, I think he earned his maroon jersey pretty quickly. Uh, he and uh, Bryce Anderson and Denver Harris are the three guys that I, you know, probably heard the most about that were doing really well in workouts, uh, you know, leading up to uh, to spring ball. So, you know, it's not incredibly surprising that he's, you know, in pads now looked uh, looked just as good as he had 
uh, you know, out of pads. And uh, Connor Wigman's another guy that I heard a lot about. But, you know, while he's, I think, technically in the QB battle, I think a lot of people would be surprised. I, I, I think it's pretty much Max Johnson or Haynes King, but, you know, don't want to leave Wigman out either. Yeah, and I think with Evan Stewart, one of the things I thought gave him the chance to to maybe make an impact early was he's 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 just a workaholic. Like he he will show up at any camp and and um you know just get work in wherever he can. And I think that's encouraging because that's that's kind of one of those things. You know, he's he he's a guy that dives into the playbook and then wants to wants to make an impact. And so. Um, it's really encouraging. And, and I think it's also a good sign on the recruiting trail when guys kind of look at five-star receivers and the opportunity to play early to see a guy like Evan Stewart running with the ones, I think, um, can have an impact recruiting wise, especially at that position. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm actually expecting, I think it's going to be hard to keep Chris Marshall at the field too. I mean, I I know he's not going to be there until the summer and you know, there are some guys with experience ahead of him, but A&M has nobody like Chris Marshall on campus, you know, a kid that big, that fast, that athletic, he's got a chance to be an absolute freak. So, you know, yeah, if you, if both of those guys are playing a ton early, other wide receivers are definitely going to give AM a look, you know, you and I, we, you know, covering Evan Stewart and some other guys in the recruiting process. I mean, that was a reason why at first Evan Stewart wasn't really looking at AM. you know, it didn't seem like they were using the young guys and they were, you know, using the talent, but they've also never had anybody like those two, like Evan Stewart or Chris Marshall on campus. So, that that should help going forward for sure. Yeah, and even even looking at a guy like Chris Marshall, and and that kind of goes back to the note about the spring and and having far from a complete roster. He's a guy that I feel like could get on the field and make an impact in the red zone, especially just with his athleticism and and ability to go up and get jump balls. And you know, even watching him, and there's there's only so much you can tell from a seven on seven setting, but just the way he can he can adjust the balls and and make tough catches, especially down in the red zone. I think I think is really a um, an important piece and, and could allow him to get on the field early. Yeah, I mean, we saw him again in the uh, Under Armour All-American game against, yeah. you know, some of the best players in the country. And, you know, he just dominated in that game. And, you know, I think, fa- you know, fans probably shouldn't expect him to be an All-American coming in as a freshman. But, yeah. you know, he has that skill set. And he's still so new to the game of football that you got to wonder, you know, how high is his ceiling? And I think it's incredibly high. I think for the next, you know, three years, him and Evan Stewart could be a – Really, really good combination. Yeah, and, and just sticking on the offensive side of the ball, we mentioned the uh, the quarterback battle earlier. Um, what are some of the big things that you think are going to kind of distinguish? You know, there's so many ways you could go with this from, you know, Kane's King's mobility to Max Johnson's experience to what kind of Wigman's able to do. For me, it's it's the key is can you protect the ball? Can you get the offense into the into the right spots? And, you know, I don't I don't think Jimbo Fisher is really in any hurry to make any sort of a decision. I think he's I think he's perfectly comfortable, just like he was last year, letting this play out through spring, seeing where guys are at the end of spring and then letting them really go at it in fall camp when it's time when the season is right around the corner and you need to make a decision. For me, that's when I think things will really ramp up. And, you know, it, for, for the three guys, it's just kind of getting in the flow during the spring and and then seeing it ramp up in the fall. Yeah, there's absolutely no hurry for for Fisher. I mean, why would he need to make a decision this early? So I, you know, I know fans want to read into every practice and hey, who's running with ones, who's running with twos. I mean, it's just not there yet. You know, I don't think, you know, I think if if we knew Jimbo's inner thoughts, we still wouldn't know, you know, who he's he's necessarily leaning toward. But 
yeah, I think, like you said, it's going to be taking care of the ball. I mean, in his in all of his stops, uh, Jimbo Fisher has been big on uh, limiting turnovers and uh, completion percentage, you know, accuracy. So those two things are huge to him. So if the if either quarterback can really show that, uh, Max Johnson has uh, has a little bit of an advantage in the fact that he has starting experience in the SEC, has played a season there. But Haynes King knows the offense and has played in the offense. And like you said, has that uh, has the running ability, you know, and, you know, sort of Jimbo's the, the year that he won the national title with Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis isn't a dual threat quarterback, but he could run when needed. And Haynes King adds that, you know, adds that dimension. Connor Wigman does as well. But like I said, I don't think he's he's quite ready. So it's going to be interesting. If I had to bet, I would probably say Haynes King, but I would not be willing to bet very much at all. I think it's one of those things when when people kind of look at it, and I thought it was I thought it was kind of notable how Jimbo Fisher kind of phrased it at his press conference. There's there's sometimes the notion that the guy who comes in as a transfer is kind of the front runner to win the job just simply you know, based on, on being a transfer and, and why would they transfer? They didn't feel like they, they had like a, a clear path to the job. And I think it, it comes down to competition. It comes down to, to raising the level of the game. And, and, you know, I think the other part of it was just bring in simply a guy with experience. There wasn't a lot of experience on the roster last year with, with, you know, with, with injuries happening and things like that. Um, you know, you're relying very much, you're very reliant on staying healthy. So for me, that was the biggest thing is, um, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think Haynes King, cause he brings kind of that mobility to the table. Um, and you know, it, I, I would caution people too. It's, you know, I know a lot of folks bring up his one game against Kent state, you know, that, you know, you can't look at just one game and then try to make too big of a sweeping adjustment or, or sweep sweeping analysis off of that one game. No, not at all. I mean, shoot, you know, then, then, there are games that the defense struggle and you'd be, oh, they're terrible. No, it's, it's one game. It's a one-off, you know, and also, you know, brand new starter. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. But I will say the one thing that uh, fans are going to get to see is more downfield passes this year. They just didn't yeah. see it last year was out Calzada. And whether that was the play calling or whether Calzada wasn't comfortable doing it, who knows. But, you know, it just didn't happen. But AM has the receivers to do it and has the QBs to do it this year. So the offense should be, you know, should be a little more dangerous because, yeah, it was not a quick strike offense at all uh, last year. And, and you know, AM Fisher is always going to run the ball. They run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and they have Achen coming back. But, you know, you're going to have a guy is, you know, quarterbacks that can push the ball down the field, and that just wasn't the case last year. So it should be a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, you've got to be able to loosen up the defense. So I, I do agree with you. I think the weapons are there now, and, and we've heard Fisher talk about it at during the National Signing Day as well, about having the weapons in place to kind of, be able to do that. Uh, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, the one guy that um, kind of who's, who who drew some positive reviews this weekend was Andre White, and I think it's a I think it's an important development because they kind of need that second guy to step up. Obviously, Aaron Hansford's off to the NFL now. Um, really need a guy like Andre White to step up and 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 be able to play in that role with Edger and Cooper. Um, so I thought I thought that was really encouraging on a on a day. It sounded like the defense had a pretty good day. Uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Hansford, I think AM is going to miss him quite a bit just because yeah. of how athletic he is and, and the fact that he was, you know, older, a lot of experience, even though he started out on offense, moved over defense, had experience. But Andre White has now been on campus a while and has learned and played behind uh, Hansford. So, yeah, having him and Adrian Cooper, that's a lot of athleticism at the 
the linebacker spots. Um, so that that should be you know exciting to watch. It's a little concerning when you get sort of down the depth chart at linebacker. There are you know a good second two, but after that, I mean, you and I saw uh, Ish Harris out there, and I mean he you know he looks like he's still in, in high school, and he should be this you know so that's anything, but still needs to add a, you know quite a bit of weight for the SEC. You know, so I don't see him playing right away. So depth could be a concern there. But one place there won't be depth concerns defensive line. I mean, even though what there were five AM defensive linemen at the uh, NFL Combine, so you'd think it would be yep. a weakness. But just seeing Shamar, okay, now I always want to say Shamar Stewart, Shamar Turner. AM's going to have multiple Shamar five stars on campus <laughs> next year. But Shamar Turner in his sophomore year, I mean, that guy is what? 290 pounds and he looks like he's 230 and just you know incredibly athletic incredibly quick he has a chance to be really really good and he looked great you know the first week of spring practice yeah he has a chance to be absolutely special and i remember even talking to him before um he went to uh or before in the spring before he went to a&m and you know we were talking and he, he said he wanted to get down to about 265 270 and lose, and lose some weight and i i kind of looked at him and thought what do, what do you need to lose weight for and he said well you know i want to get more toned and and get stronger and he just looks really good right now and um you know he he, he kind of brings some of those same skill sets that that marvin leal had even that he could play inside he could play outside um he can rush the passer he can he can force turnovers i i think I think this is kind of his chance to now step into to being a an every down type of player, and and that should be really exciting for A and M fans. And you're right; I mean, there's just so much depth on campus now, and um, you know, even even names like Tanmise Adelaide and and Fadil Diggs were are names that are are drawing a lot of reviews this this spring as well. So it's it's um it's it's there's no shortage of of depth on that defensive line. Yeah, to Miche looks like a completely different player. I mean, he, you know, last year, you know, it looked like he had lost some weight, even though he had gained it. So he's he's redistributed that well. But yeah, he just sort of looks like a man on fire this spring, and and should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Will probably step into that uh, starting role, and then I mean, just what about guys who aren't even there yet? Walter Nolan, the number two player in the country, isn't uh, isn't even on campus yet, and you know he'll be there and. Like I said, Shamar Stewart, we've talked about, Eni White, several other guys. I mean, and defensive line is one of those positions you can play early. Um, yeah. And then McKinley Jackson, he hasn't been going through spring ball, but, you know, when he's back healthy and, you know, if he can get back to that form that he showed as a freshman, that promise, I mean, he has a chance to be an all-SEC type of guy. I mean, this defensive line, that's been the big difference uh, between A&M and, you know, the Alabamas and the uh, – the LSU's and the Georgia of the world is the defensive line. They, those guys had in it players that looked like NFL guys. AM is finally getting there. I mean, they had, you know, Kingsley Kiki and then DeMarvin Leal, but they are finally getting there across the entire front four. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty scary because, you know, now that they have that, you know, they offense hasn't really been a problem other than last year. So, you know, yeah. this this could really just be, you know, the start of something really special. And I think it it goes back to that competition angle too. I mean, there's there are a ton of guys ready to step into roles and, and play, and and so that competition aspect I think is only going to bring out the best in everybody and and really push them. And and you're right, just the depth and and even being able to rotate guys in and out. Uh, you know, you 
you've 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 just got a lot of options to turn to and i you know i agree i think mckinley jackson this is kind of an important year for him heading into year three now um you know and 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 with guys like walter nolan coming and shamar stewart marcus uh Burris. Burris is another guy that that's now healthy he was I think it's important to remember he was kind of coming back from that Achilles injury last year. So now that he's fully healthy and ready to go, um, Isaiah Rakes is another guy as well that I thought kind of looked good in the in the short window that we're able to see. Um, you're right. There's just so much depth, and, and Jimbo Fisher's talked about it over and over and over. Um, I mean, we, we're talking about the defense line. We haven't even mentioned a five-star in Gabe Dindy and then a national top, former national top 100 guy in Elijah Judy. I mean, it's <laughs> – I mean, it's, it's going scary, to be it? ridiculous once they have everybody there. Now, out there now, it is sort of funny because, you know, I'm just watching the very first day of practice, just watching Elijah Robinson, and he has, I think, three guys that he was running through drills at the very <laughs> beginning. So this spring is not – you know, when fans tune in for that spring game, they, they're going to have some questions about the defensive <laughs> line with the injuries and everything else. Yeah. But in the fall, this should be – it should look a lot different. Again, it kind of goes to that point, like, you know, if, if, if guys have, you know, minor nicks right now, or even if they go through the entire spring and they, and they get to that last practice and, and kind of want to, you know, just make sure everybody gets out of the spring healthy, you know, you might have just a couple guys out there and, and, you know, again, you know, it's just, it's, it's the end of spring and, and, and don't take too much away from it. Although, yeah, yeah it's, the national media guys. is going to watch it, and they're going to all of a sudden A&M's going to go from like top ten in the <laughs> in the very early rankings to like you know oh, maybe we'll keep them at twenty five. <laughs> yeah, team. we'll no, keep them down there. Yeah, don't yeah don't don't read in the offensive line is missing, but yeah the defensive line is is missing a ton of guys, but um yeah. it, it it's going to be good. So yeah, and I and transitioning um over to recruiting. Speaking of that defensive line, um A&M had. Levius Overton on campus this weekend. Um, speaking of another guy that could join the fold yeah. for yeah, it's like it's J- Jimbo Fisher. How greedy is he getting on <laughs> yeah. the defensive line? I mean, AM signed, I think, what, four, that, yeah. four or five stars, six national top one hundred guys, and then a kid's gonna reclassify and possibly end. I mean, that's insane. Like you just it's don't insane. Yep. you don't see that. Like, you know, it's a you know, you wonder like a kid, you know, say, why would he want to play? But defensive linemen. They rotate more than any other position. You know, it's they not do. like quarterbacks. You're not going to join five-star quarterbacks and hope to beat them out. Defense line rotates a ton, so it helps you get better. And they also draw. You know, if a guy's drawing a double team on the other side, all right, that's awesome. That means I'm yeah. free to I'm free to get there. You know, blocked by just one man. So defensive linemen do want to play together. And Levius Overton, LT Overton, could be another huge piece of this class. I mean, it's just silly. And I, it really is. I mean, it's just you look, you go down that list and. And you just look at all the guys that they have. And um, I remember talking to somebody in the fall and we, we were talking about how AM's class could come up and they go, how many people are they looking to sign? And I was like, they'll sign all of them. If they can get all of them, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll take, they'll take any that they can get. And, you know, you talk about leveraging, leveraging that, you know, LT Overton spoke to Steve Wolfong about his visit this weekend. And, and, you know, he spent a lot of time with Anthony Lucas and um, kind of talked about that, about, you know, I could join a, a defensive line with the guys like Walter Nolan and Shamar Stewart. He really talked about those younger players. So I don't, I don't think that's a concern at all. I think, like you said, you know, if you, if you're not getting double teamed every play, there's more of an opportunity to, to make plays. And um, there's only so many plays that they, they can't run away from you because you've got strengths on both sides of the, of the line. So, um, you know, I think, I think they're, I, I think they jump at that opportunity. 
um, to join a deep defensive line, to be able to rotate and, and maximize. And um, I think it also speaks to, to guys like Terry Price and Elijah Robinson and the faith that these kids have in them to, to develop them and, and get them ready for the next level. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, Micaiah Overton was, was, was on campus as well, and he talked about that A&M kind of envisioned him as, as potentially a three-tech, I believe. So it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how that's all going to shape out and um, numbers-wise. Well, I know, I know so also when people listen to this, the first question is going to be, okay, well, where do you see Overton ending up? Now, you know, when his brother, when his brother entered, entered the transfer portal and some of the yeah. schools offered him, I think that changed things up a little bit. I think A&M was in the driver's seat by far before that. But I still do like uh, where AM stands. Now, obviously, he still has official visits left to Ohio State and Oklahoma. There's there's still two more, so things could change. But, you know, right now, I still, you know, sort of like the prediction of uh, LT ending up at AM. Uh, not a done deal by any means, but, you know, I know fans are going to ask. So I, d- I do like uh, like the potential of him ending up there. Yeah, and it's going to come down to you know just being able to close strong over the and, and maintain this momentum now that you've used you know you've you've used the official visit and um, you know you're going to have to kind of ride the wave of that of that Oklahoma visit to come and then the Ohio State one as well I believe um, and it's just going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch over there and you know we're probably looking at the next month or so in in getting a decision from him and and in in time to enroll in in college by the summer. Yeah. So um, recruiting wise, I think there were, uh, you know, more five stars other than him, or there's another five star defensive lineman, which again, just ridiculous. So with uh, James Smith on campus yeah. over the weekend and, and Quay, Quay Russell, Russell is a teammate at Montgomery Carver in Alabama joining him. So, yeah. And I think, I think when you look at those two, I mean, just for them to be able to get around, um, you know, and just see the depth and, and talent that A&M has on campus, I think was, was helpful for them. And they actually spent two days in college station, which was big getting them to come in on Friday and, and spend a little time and then staying over on Saturday. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be tough to pull a, a five-star out of Alabama. Um, you know, Alabama's just got a ton of talent this year, especially at the top of the top of the class, both in the secondary and on the defensive line. But, but these are two guys that really like A&M and, and they've had offers for a while and they've been targets for a while. And, um, are really high on Elijah Robinson and Terry Price, so you know you just get yourself in the mix and 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 kind of see if if you can get them back on campus again for an official visit down the road. I feel like, yeah, it's going to be tough on both those guys, and obviously, you know, Alabama's in you know good spot, but you know, shoot, this time a year ago, Walter Nolan wasn't even being mentioned. Exactly. Shoot, this time six months ago, Walter Nolan was barely being mentioned. You know, he took. Over the summer, he took that one visit and was like, okay, you know, I could see this. And then, yeah. you know, he had, he had already put out a top five and then top three. And then all of a sudden A&M is now in the top three. So you never really know. I mean, James Smith and, and Russell. Russell's really – he's an interesting guy because his film, he plays all over the place. On the edge, outside yeah. linebacker, and even uh, Mike linebacker. And, you know, I got to wonder, you know, there it's hard to find Mike's these days. You know, a guy that will play in the middle that will just go in there and bang. And and if he can do that, he's an even more valuable guy than top fifty where where he's currently ranked. So those there's two guys to watch for sure. Yeah, and and to your point, even Shamar Stewart was a guy that that you know we weren't really talking about at this time last year. And then you just managed to get them on campus. I'm sure these are two guys when you talk about the pool party later this summer and just the success they were able to have with that. I think. I think it wouldn't be a surprise to see these two 
big guys they push to come back. And, and you know, to your point, it could be a, a guy like Jihad Campbell and, and where he was last year and, and you know, with, with Russell and um, how late in the process everybody kind of looked at him as kind of a linebacker and could we bring him as a guy off the edge? It could be the same sort of situation. Yeah, and so another guy from the state of Alabama that I think A&M probably has a better shot at than those two. Uh, on Monday, he put out the top five was uh, Tony Mitchell, cornerback. Now, he's from, you know, just outside of uh, Birmingham, so right down the road from Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Uh, but he was, com- you know, he was once a very, very early commit to Tennessee, has now put out a top five. And I think A&M and Alabama are the main two with him, and he is coming back for the uh, spring game. So yeah. and he's already been in town several times. He'll be back for an official visit. And I mean, A and M has always struggled to recruit cornerbacks until this past class. They landed a five star in uh, in Denver Harris, and that was huge. And if they can just keep going forward and landing, and and Jalen Jones, I guess, but you know, in the class before, or, yeah. yeah, the class before that. So they've shown they can land some five stars. But if they can keep it up, I mean, Tony Mitchell is really good, tall cornerback, long cornerback, and uh, you know, I think there is a very legit. Uh, legit shot with him yeah and coming out of that visit that he took for the junior day earlier this year he really talked about how close he is with with guys like tj rushing and jimbo fisher and the amount of time he got to spend with with jimbo fisher really learning about the vision and the future and i think he came out of that really excited and getting him back on campus again um this is now several times he's been back i agree with you i think it's it's kind of alabama a&m you know georgia and florida are probably in there as well um but I, I do agree. I think I think A and M and Alabama are kind of the two out front. Um, and then yeah, he, the- he hits he hits him up actually quite often just to remind me of his interest in A and M. Now he does, uh, you know, he does know that we cover A and M, so you know yeah. sometimes kids do that. But um, but I think yeah, the interest is really there, and he wants to make sure that that A and M fans know that you know he. You know, he knows that people think he'll just end up in Alabama, and that could be the case. But yeah, but I, I think it's a lot more open than probably Alabama fans think. I agree with that. And another one that that I think kind of, you know, has made him much more on the radar after this weekend was Caleb Presley. Um, he came down. Obviously, we saw him at a camp last summer uh, when he earned that offer, and then he came back this weekend and is talking about coming back again. Um, potentially in the fall for a game. Um, I think A&M would be certainly in the running for an official visit and um, made a point of saying that A&M is very much a school in the mix for him going forward because of what he saw this, this weekend, his relationship with TJ rushing um, just kind of the culture around the program. Um, And he's very much taken notice of, of, you know, just the support around the program. He said, who wouldn't want to come play in a, in a program with a hundred plus thousand people at every single game. Um, and so I think AM did well on that on that front as well this weekend. Um, good player. Bruce was really impressed with him getting to see him go against some some really good corner against really good receivers and um, just kind of like how he how he how he battles. He he he's a really confident guy, and um, if he loses a rep, he comes right back. So I want to talk to you about a position that A&M fans don't seem too worried about because, you know, there's some talent on campus, but who's the quarterback in this class? Now it was Eli Holstein for a long time. I mean, they, they, they had zeroed in on Holstein. He camped last summer. He committed a couple weeks later. I mean, he was, so there hadn't even been very many offers that had gone out because he committed so early. Now he opened things back up. He is still looking at A&M. I would be a little surprised if he ended up back in the fold, but 
So what uh, what do you think happens in this classic QB? Yeah, I think you know I I agree with you. I think this, he's he's coming off what his third visit to Alabama. You know they're obviously very much in the mix for him and, and kind of a strong threat. I I do agree on that. I think I think Austin Novosad's an interesting name, and um, I I'm I'm not too concerned that he didn't come out of this weekend with an offer. I think uh, I think part of him probably understood that they're still trying to figure out where their board is and and get situated and. Um, you know, I think for him, it was a chance to kind of also understand where A&M, where A&M is, where they think the position's going, what the plan is at that position. So um, I don't think an offer necessarily needed to come out of this weekend. I know he's really high on the Aggies, and, and so is his family. That's something that's kind of been told to me over the past week or so, um, is that, a, you know, an A&M offer would, would certainly be one that, that intrigues him. Um, you know, he obviously loves the Baylor staff, but I think A&M is – is a program that would, would kind of catch his eye. And then, you know, you look at the other options, Marcel Reed could be in the mix there. Um, he's a guy that A&M has shown interest in for quite a bit. Um, but I, if I had to guess, I, I think down the road, Austin Novosad's probably going to be the guy, but, but it just kind of depends on where A&M sees him fitting in. That would be my guess as well. And I think, uh, that would be a big blow to Baylor. I imagine they would be pretty, you know, they, Baylor's got a good quarterback in the fold in Nova said. Now, currently he's ranked as a high three-star. I can see him ending up higher than that. He got an Elite 11 finals invite over the weekend. He and Jackson Arnold both got it at the Dallas camp. Yeah. Uh, he, he comes from Dripping Springs, really accurate, uh, throws for a ton of yards. And uh, he was actually one of my favorite quarterbacks at the A&M camp last summer. And with the 23 guys that were there, I had him just after Eli Holstein when I was, you know, if I would have had to give my top performers from that from that class of guys that showed up at camp, you know, and Marcel Reed was there and, you know, a few other guys were there. But uh, I really liked uh, Austin Novosad. And like you said, he comes from an Aggie family. His parents are Aggies. And so, you know, it wouldn't be just a guarantee that if he were offered, he'd switch. But I think there's a good chance. And going into the visit, he knew that a&M had a QB committed until two weeks ago. And so they're still evaluating things and trying to figure things out. So I don't think him not getting an offer, I don't think is a big deal. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think, you know, just looking at at, at what he was able to do at the AM camp last summer, I think by that point, AM had kind of locked in on Eli Holstein as, as being their guy. But um, it goes to show you when you bring guys to camp like that, you, you kind of have options that um, if a guy like Eli Holstein is is, is going to reopen his recruitment down the road, you have guys you can turn to and, and feel comfortable evaluating. And so I, I still think of what he did at that camp um, will end up paying off down the road for him. And, and, you know, I think, I think, I, I think I could see him ending up at A&M as well. Um, and then, you know, but if it's not him, who else would you, would you kind of look at? I mean, so A&M is only offered, you know, uh, Dante Moore. That's the only new offer they made. I mean, yeah. he's a five-star, five-star out of uh, out of Detroit, and so you know that's that's going to be an uphill battle. But it was an easy, it was an easy offer to make. But uh, so other guys, you know, that you could potentially look at, um, you know, JJ Cole was another kid. He's out of Iowa, big kid, six-six kid. Um, he camped at AM last summer. Ricky Collins, a Purdue commit that just saw a big bump in his ranking and also got an Elite 11 finals invite. He's from Baton Rouge, uh, you know, just not far down the road from Eli Holstein. And, uh, you know, he camped at AM last summer. He could get a look for sure. And I think would, you know, an AM offer would cause him 
to look at that. Those are probably the two others other than uh, Marcel Reed and, and Novosad. And, you know, maybe A&M makes a run at Jackson Arnold. Uh, he's the highest ranked uh, quarterback in the state of Texas from Dan Dyer and committed to Oklahoma. But, you know, as of this point, they haven't offered him, but, you know, it's a possibility they do that. So really those are the main ones I would think to, to keep an eye on. I agree. And I saw JJ Cole this weekend, actually. He was at the, uh, the battle, t- battle tournament in Dallas and, and looked really good. Um, and I, I think while we're on this, I think, you know, we got we got to touch on, on DJ Lagway as well. I think that's a guy that A&M has kind of put themselves in, in a really good position for right now. And um, I think he's going to end up being one of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 class. Um, you know, I thought he took a big step this past season and, you know, I think he's, he's a guy that's shown a lot of interest in, in A&M. Obviously he came back a co- couple weeks ago and and wasn't able to see practice because his sister was or his cousin was playing for for texas state um but you know he just came by to to watch film with the staff and it was kind of a late night film session and and kind of understand their philosophy and 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 learn a little more about the system and then he comes back a couple weeks later and and can see um can watch as a practice and i know you got to catch up with him um on sunday about it and it it sounds like the a&m just continues to kind of be at the forefront for him. Yeah, he's a guy that uh, relationships are important to him, and AM has done a really good job there just making him feel wanted. I mean, he was the first in-state guy to be offered, even before Dylan Rayola. Now, Dylan is now in uh, Arizona, but uh, played at Burleson this past year and will probably, I would guess, would be the top-ranked uh, quarterback when all the composites are updated. But Lagway's not going to be hard, far behind. But AM offered Lagway before they offered Rayola, because he just was that good at camp last summer. Uh, fans may look at his stats. His completion percentage was a little low. Uh, he did there. There were a lot of drop balls. And Willis is a team that is has struggled and is in a you know sort of a tough district with you know the Woodlands and College Park and some of those schools. But uh, you know I've uh, seen him do you know in workouts and he's looked really good. He's worked with private QB coaches and real strong. And I uh, the fact that he's you know he's a guy that's also athletic and can run if needed. You know, so you add that little wrinkle to his game. And, yeah, I can see why he and Rayola, I think, have the most offers in the country. They they have all yeah. the all, pretty much all the big ones. And so I can see why he's so coveted. And I think uh, A&M's going to be in that one till the end with Lagway and, and, and in pretty good shape there. Yeah, and I think the thing to caution about, you know, just looking at his statistics, and I remember talking to him last last fall and, and kind of talking about where Willis is as a team. They were – they took a big jump forward last season and they're still learning how to win and, and kind of do, do all the things required to kind of, you know, really take a step forward as a program. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think his numbers were, were quite where he would want them to be yet, but I feel like that program's really heading in the right direction. And, and yeah, they got a, they're, they're still looking for a new coach, but yeah. uh, whoever, I, I believe there are some names and I think the offense should be really good for him. And that, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I think, that the, the whatever offense they run is going to really showcase him. And he's got some guys that can, that can hold on to the ball this year too. Yeah. He's kind of trending right up with the program and, and they're, they're kind of growing together. Um, turning, I guess to, to one of the, the, the final topics here is um, just looking ahead to the second scrimmage and, you know, obviously a and kind of heading into the back half of, of spring now, what are some big things you, you feel like they need to show on in the second scrimmage? Is it that imp- improvement from from week to week? And and for me, that's the biggest thing: is just take the next step forward. 
Yeah, I don't. I honestly just don't know how much there is to see out of scrimmages yeah. now, just because there are so many guys missing. So I really think it's mostly just depth guys. Hey, here's a chance. Do you want to play next year? Do you want to be part of the rotation? You know, yeah. you need to show out now. This is your chance, and especially some of the guys on the defensive line. You know, Albert Regis and Marcus Burris and some of those guys. But then obviously the quarterback in you know, our competition because Fisher wants to see how they do. You know, under pressure. So if they show poise, but. But really, I mean, I, I'm just not going to buy a ton yeah. into the scrimmages. I'm I'm going to buy almost nothing into the spring game, and I know that's not a great advertisement for you know for the school for people to come and watch it and everything. But I just they're going to be you know they're going to be cautious and they're going to be you know uh, conservative with play calling anyway. A lot of guys that have even been inactive this spring, you know, are probably going to sit out. So I'm just that one I'm going to read absolutely zero into. But you know these. The, the couple other scrimmages, I think it's more about the quarterback and then just, you know, showing depth on the O-line or D-line and O-line. I mean, offensive line, they got a bunch of guys out too and are looking for, you know, players. So some of these young guys or some of the guys that have been on campus for, you know, a few years and haven't really seen the field, they had a chance to step up. You know, the Josh Bankheads and those types, you know, and then I know Remington Strickland got some work at first team center. Uh, they moved White Calf out to guard for uh, – the, the scrimmage so you know maybe getting him some action but yeah really just it's a chance for some some of the guys lower on the depth chart to show up yeah for me it's 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 correcting mistakes and being able to kind of look at from 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 scrimmage one to scrimmage two can you take even if it's an incremental step forward you know whether it's protecting the ball for the in terms of quarterbacks and and i agree there's just you know and even looking at the spring game you know i I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of situational work, like kind of, kind of like there was last year. Um, um, and yeah, I just, I just don't know how much you're going to be able to take away from the spring game, especially with I the, mean, list the most exciting, the most exciting part might be the halftime game with the old men, with the old yeah. former players out there playing flag football. Especially exactly. I know John, Johnny, if you can get Johnny Menzel or somebody to come back, that might be more exciting than the actual <laughs> game. Sorry for fans that are really looking forward to us and <laughs> counting down on their calendars. I hate to. I hate to be the Debbie Downer there, but yeah. Well, there's just so many guys that are are out this spring that you know it's 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 just kind of being realistic. Um, and I guess there's just to close out this podcast. You know, we're looking ahead to Tuesday night. It's the NIT semifinals. Um, A and M will be playing Washington State. Um, where do you think? Like for me, this is this has been a huge couple of weeks for A and M to just build momentum and. And they're going to head in in such a better spot into the into the off season now, and you know take advantage of the transfer portal. Who you got, A and M or, or uh, you're going to ask me basketball question? But let me let me consult my NIT bracket here. I know you yeah. and I have talked about the NCAA bracket. I I filled mine yeah. out in I record time. I think it took me less than four minutes to do. Yeah. and you know. I didn't have a single uh, Final Four team that even made oh, really? the lead okay. eight. So, I mean, I'll go with A&M to win, but I don't, yeah. I, I don't know anything about Washington State. I think, I think State they've been playing. I, I think they've been, you know, Washington State sneaky. They've already knocked out a couple top seeds, and you know, I, I have A&M winning too. Though I think they're playing as well as as anybody. Um, I just wanted to get you on a on a basketball prediction. Yeah, your, your, how it all how, how's your how's your NIT bracket looking? Is everybody so my, my NCAA you got, bracket's you got your final four so correct? My NCAA bracket's not looking so good. I only got one of them in there. So like I, 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 said, I, I said, you you got me, man. I went all I went Pac twelve heavy, and they disappointed <laughs> me this year. And then thought Duke would be not good. I don't know. And I yeah, I thought, but I, I think I, I told you the very first uh, complete 
college basketball game I watched this year was A&M's very first NIT game. That was the first yes. game I watched from start to finish. So, and that wasn't a good one to watch, honestly. No, but it was it was exciting. But yeah, yeah. not. But yeah, so yeah, this wasn't this wasn't my, you know, I normally consider myself a college basketball expert. You can't see yeah. my face on here, but it is not serious at all. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go with AM though. I think AM's yeah. give them the points. I don't even know what the line is, but I'll take AM and the points, Andrew. I will, I will too. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna close out our first uh our first podcast. It was it was it was fun to get this rolling and we'll we'll be back again on a on a weekly basis to kind of touch on everything going on around the program, get more of Brian's, you know, basketball predictions and, and all that. Um thanks, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for joining us, and uh, and we'll we'll talk to you guys again soon.